I think one of the key lessons for us as we've been using this tool is that we really want to be truly open to customer feedback. I think it can be difficult sometimes to hear what people have to say because they're being honest and you know everyone has spent time on this and sometimes we feel sad because we really liked an idea but I think something that's been great for us is when we actually are able to be open and act on that feedback ultimately it just helps the product succeed because we're giving users what they're asking for. Welcome to the Human Insight Podcast, where we help you bridge the empathy gap to bring you a valuable new understanding of some of the most innovative ideas and trends shaping the future of business and customer experience. So hi, everyone. I am Janelle Estes, the Chief Insights Officer at User Testing. And today we're very excited to have co-founders of Crikey, Janvi and Kediki Shriram joining us on the Human Insight Podcast. Crikey is a mobile augmented reality game available on iOS and Android. Their story, which you'll hear more about today, is also captured in our book, User Tested. Janvi, the CEO of Crikey, and Kediki, the CTO, have also been featured in the Forbes 30 Under 30 list and Fast Company's Best Apps and Games of 2020. Thanks so much for joining us today and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having us. We're very excited to be here and and to share our story. All right. Well, with that, let's jump into it. Um, Could you, let's start off by talking a little bit about the Crikey story. Um, When did you start the business? Uh, What prompted you to start it? And what are you hoping to achieve as a company? Yes, so we can share a little bit about the background of the company and and how we came to it. Um, So Crikey is a mobile augmented reality gaming and social media app. Um, We enable customers to create custom 3D avatars, which they can make videos with, so user-generated content, and also play games with. Their avatar is the main character in our games. Um, We started this company several years ago, and our initial goal was to build something at this very interesting intersection of augmented reality and gaming and user-generated content. Uh, This stemmed from our backgrounds. We're also sisters, um, but I did my BA and MBA at Stanford and previously worked at YouTube, so coming at this from a creator perspective. And then Kitiki, I'll have her share a little bit about her background and how that led to the company that we've built today. Yeah, thank you so much, John V. So I received my BA, MA, and PhD at the Stanford Virtual Human Interaction Lab. Uh, My research there was more on the technical side of virtual reality. Uh, And while I was there, I worked at Meta's Oculus VR and at Google X on the Glass team. And when we were in our final uh, year in school, we really knew that we wanted to work together. Uh, We loved uh, working on different creative projects, and we were very interested in interactive storytelling. And at the time, uh, there weren't that many augmented reality gaming apps out on the market, and we felt that this would be a really interesting new technology and avenue to explore. And we were also really drawn to how accessible mobile augmented reality experiences could be. It was still very early in the space at the time, but we felt that so many people had smartphones. Uh, Anybody in theory could download an augmented reality app and experience that just directly off their device. And so that's really how we got started. And I think in terms of our unique backgrounds, we really have a great set of complementary skills. Uh, At Crikey, I manage engineering product and design, and Jamvi does business, finance, marketing, anything non-engineering. And so we're very lucky, I think, to have uh, those complementary skill sets. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I was fascinated by both of your backgrounds, especially um, sort of the angle of coming at this um, from sort of the human-computer interaction angle and, and all the principles that are so important when, when you're building a product um, that you know, rely on understanding those principles uh, and, and how to create these experiences. Um, I went to school for something similar, and so I'm always happy to, to meet other people that sort of are in sort of similar spaces. Um, so, so really interesting. And, and I love the fact that, you know, your skills are complementary and, and you, you work so well together. Um, I'm on, I guess in terms of the, the Crikey app, there are, there are several games that are available, right? So could you just share briefly um, the offerings that you have? Yes. And uh, Kiki, I don't know if you wanted to do that or should I take that one? It's up to you. Okay. Yes. So we have uh, several uh, app offerings and game offerings in Crikey. So we have our main Crikey app, which is available on iOS and Android. And this has uh, games, user-generated content, um, video feeds. Uh, we have our light app, which is very common in emerging markets. Um, our light app is essentially a, a smaller version of our main app, but it's just videos and it's less than 15 megabytes. And our target market is India. And so the light app is very important in emerging markets in order to reach uh, what in marketing we call tier two, three and four cities, areas with lower bandwidth, phones that can support smaller app sizes. Um, so that's what the light app does. Uh, we also recently worked with our lead investor, Reliance Geo, on building a uh, VR game, which is an adaptation of, a, of another game we've built for their mixed reality headset, which is coming out later this year. Um, so we've got these three uh, app offerings. Within our main app, we have published over 20 AR games over the last several years. Today, we have three in the main app. The three games that we have are, are uh, Crikey's avatars. So this is the feature I mentioned earlier where you can build and create your own custom 3D avatar. Uh, we have Yathra, which is an action adventure game uh, where you join a princess in battling monsters to regain uh, your palace. And this can be played in augmented reality or non-AR. And then we also have Runji Run, which is our centerpiece game at the moment. And it's a infinite runner game. So think Subway Surfer, Temple Run, um, but set in India. And your avatar is the main character in that game. And you are running through an Indian market, dodging rickshaws and cows and samosas um, in, in your quest to get to the end of the run. Um, we have different challenges and, and different villain levels of that game uh, that have launched. And it's been very popular in the app uh, so far. Um, and as we think about all these different offerings and what do we hope to achieve as a company, and we're at this very exciting cross-section of augmented reality, gaming, and now Web3 as well. And um, we haven't talked a lot about Web3 uh, publicly yet, but we are working on a strategy for this around NFTs as we go into uh, this year. We're well positioned to do this. We have uh, this amazing 3D design team, animation team within the company and um, believe that there's a huge opportunity, especially for us at this cross section to bring together augmented reality and Web3 and gaming. Uh, so we're really excited to tackle this as we get into 2022. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a. Uh, I believe you started your your business in 2017. Yeah, um, and, yes, we're going um, on year five. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy to think about it. But yeah, yeah it's yeah, it's probably insane to to sort of say that out loud. But knowing um, that you've been in in sort of operating for five years, you've been sort of playing around with this space. It feels like you're in the right place at the right time for this natural evolution of what's happening in the market. You know, coming back to sort of, um, I guess, how the customer, what role the customer or the player 
plays at Crikey. So as, you know, co-founders, you know, you've got a lot going on. You're both looking at different parts of the business. I sure could probably rattle off a few things that you cover and it will only cover about probably 5% of where you spend your time. Um, so no shortage of things to focus on. But then there's also sort of the, the customer perspective or the player perspective. And I'd love for you to share a little bit about like, how does that fit into all of the other things that you're thinking about and prioritizing? Absolutely. I think that's a great question because there's, you know, obviously so much that can be focused on. I think for us, the customer experience and the customer journey is really the most important part of what we do. And I think when we got introduced to the user testing tool, it it really revolutionized how we could connect with the people that were using our application. We love the participant view where we can see people's faces as they try new features. And that's just one small example, but watching these videos using the metrics insights tab as well, it's very helpful because it gives us both quantitative data. So, you know, people answering multiple choice questions and then also the qualitative component of if somebody says that they don't like this feature or they wouldn't try this again, why is that? You know, why do they feel that way? And the way we've incorporated this into our process is that we actually user test design mocks first. So uh, just the 2D mocks, trying to get a sense for how users feel about them. Um, We'll then test them in a development build. So pre-release ask users to actually go through the entire feature. And a very interesting insight from that is oftentimes things that test very well in a 2D mock-up maybe don't always translate when users are actually interacting with the app directly. Um, There's different reasons for that, but that's why we added that step into the process because we found that when users actually have something tangible that they can play around with, they often give slightly different feedback than when they're just looking at an image and trying to imagine kind of walking through the process. And then we do also test our live application. Uh, So after the feature goes live, uh, we test it again just to see how people feel about it kind of in the context of the full Crikey experience. And that's been so helpful in terms of how people respond to our product, because now when we release features, we already know how users are likely to respond to them because we've spent a good amount of time actually testing it in advance. And I know for me, I feel very relieved because before we had user testing, we would often release features, honestly, not really knowing what people would say about them. And it was almost like the user test was the live launch. And we learned so much from that, of course, but it's just better now that we have this amazing tool to be able to test at all different phases of the process. Right. Sort of this idea of like not being super surprised by any, any of the feedback that, that might come back once it's launched, but also um, catching things, right, that you might push live uh, that you, you know, without user testing, pushing something live that really confused people or didn't meet their expectations, you can address that before that actually happens. And I think it was in your case study video, it really came to life for me when it was, I think it was in your run, your run, G run app where um, the way that you had uh, designed the runner's perspective was different from what people expected. So can you, can you actually tell that story? I think it'd be great for our listeners to hear. Yeah, of course. So when we were first designing our Infinite Runner game, uh, we looked at a lot of the other popular Infinite Runner games on the market. And uh, we had an interesting idea where we wanted to change the perspective of the track. So typically in Infinite Runner games, your character is facing away from the phone camera. So your character's back is to you and they're running and uh, the track is moving. And we wanted actually the character to, to face you so you could see your avatar because the avatar is centric to our app and people love their characters. So we thought it would be fun if it if it faced you. But we did a build and we user tested it. And as soon as users started playing, we found that it was actually very confusing for them because 
they were seeing their character and they had to anticipate the movements, but they didn't get to see the obstacles in advance because the obstacles were coming out from the phone, essentially, rather than coming towards them from a distance. And so we found that users died very quickly. They expressed a lot of frustration because they weren't sure how to navigate the level, even with the tutorial. And that's a great example of, we had a cool idea. Uh, we might still use it maybe in a challenge level or in, in some other way, but it wasn't quite the right idea for the main concept of the game. And we were very thankful that we were able to user test that and get that feedback really at the beginning of the development cycle. So we didn't have to spend too much time on it, but we did get to test it out and kind of ideate from there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's such a it's such a great tangible story. And you can imagine if you were to have released that live, there probably would have been maybe lower adoption, lower engagement if people weren't able to really kind of connect to the game and connect to the experience. Definitely. And I think one of the key lessons for us as we've been using this tool is that we really want to be truly open to customer feedback. I think it can be difficult sometimes to hear what people have to say because they're being honest and you know, everyone has spent time on this and sometimes we feel sad because we really liked an idea. But I think something that's been great for us is when we actually are able to be open and act on that feedback, ultimately it just helps the product succeed because we're giving users what they're asking for. And I just wanted to really briefly share our user testing journey over the last few years, because I think that might be interesting to, to share as well. When we started, we were a small startup and we didn't know how to approach this problem. So we would take our app, our, our test builds and go to local college campuses, talk to students. Um, our vision was that was our demographic. Once we started, uh, once we launched the app and we started to look at our data, we realized a lot of our users were actually in India, but we couldn't, you know, sit down with them in person. And so we started to try to reach out to our users, set up video chat calls and WhatsApp calls. And we were successful in doing that, but it was really hard to see the phone screen. It was hard to see the user's face as they were engaged with the game. Um, and sometimes we would, you know, have these conversations in a different language, but then when we wanted to share with our developer, we didn't have a video or the developer didn't know the language that we were speaking. So we, we started to encounter these challenges in conveying the user feedback back to the team, uh, recording it in a manner that uh, where we could see what was actually happening with the user. And, and that's when we found user testing. And it was definitely an investment. And we were not sure how was this going to turn out. But over the last year, we've grown over 2 million users. And we run several user tests every week with users, actual users in India. Um, we're able to see their face, their reactions real time when they're playing the game. We can also see the game on their phone screen. Um, and having all these data points together has really helped us uh, narrow down on what product features to focus on um, and, and how to improve the app using the user testing tool. So for any startups out there listening, we highly, highly recommend this. This is a great investment and it's completely transformed our business from where we started and in, in, in thinking about approaching user testing and um, you know just going to local college campuses to now uh, using this tool to actually reach the end consumer in market. Uh, it makes a really big difference. And, then and it's super fast too. <laughs> like I'm, I've been, uh, I was a user of user testing before I was an employee of user testing way back when. And I've still floored by how fast feedback comes back. Yeah, I'm sorry, Kateki, I cut you off there. Oh no, not at all. No problem. One thing I wanted to add to that as well is that it's so easy to take the data from user testing and, and analyze it and, and present it. And 
it's it's so easy that we actually have a weekly internal meeting now where we have every person who's analyzed the user test will present it and it's open to the whole team and anybody can listen in. And I wanted to bring that up because I think it's very important for even people who maybe aren't watching these videos directly to still have access to the highlight reels and the insights so that everyone on our team understands I'm working on this feature. Here's how it would impact the end user. Um, and so incorporating that kind of that data into our process has been helpful. And it's only possible because it's so easy to, to download the metrics, to watch the videos and make highlight reels. Um, all those features have been really valuable. Yeah, that's fantastic to hear. I think that that's one of the things that you know we're seeing as a trend across our customer base that it's becoming um, now, of course, the people that launch the study and are working on the feature or or what have you are the ones that are closest to the findings or the videos or the metrics. But there's a real push now to start to build this shared understanding of what you're seeing, like to your point where it's like, OK, so we could go talk to customers and then, you know, you basically have to it's like a game of telephone, right? Of like, OK, this is what we saw. And now let me go explain it to my team and they're going to interpret it a little bit differently. And I don't have the customer in front of me to show them what actually happened. And so a lot of things get lost in translation. And so being able to say, OK, look, you watch this for yourself. Right. And then you know, you get to talk about it as a team. And I'm sure that's probably part of the experience people have when you're going through those weekly sessions, sort of like you see somebody do something, the way that I interpret it might be a little bit different than the way that you interpret it or or, or you. And, and you can have that discussion and get to sort of a shared understanding, but also like a shared, you know, um, action plan. Like, what did we learn? And then what are we going to do about this? Yeah. So exactly. exciting. Yeah, I completely agree. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm so excited. I just having been in the so in the field of UX and CX, which is like a very specialized sort of practice, and seeing this being adopted by many different teams and many different roles within an organization is literally like a watching a dream come true before my eyes. Like <laughs> making it, getting this to a place where it doesn't. You don't always have to be this very specialized. A person with a, a special skill set in order to get value from this and and and, and make really informed great decisions. I, I think we touched a little bit on this, but I'd love to to talk a bit more about it. So in the book, um, we have your case study featured, and the the story itself is around how you have regularly tested the App Store listing, and so this is obviously. Before people download the game, this is really sort of, you know, your hook to get people to download. And it's a very important part of, you know, um, as I'm sure you know, capturing new users. And so this is a practice that we call in the books, regular health checks of really important parts of your experience. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about like, you know, how you decided to start testing your app store listing, um, what other things you might test really regularly to make sure that they're smooth. Um, would just love to hear a bit more of your perspective on this. Yes. So the very first test that we ran on user testing was our Google Play Store screenshots. And this is what you see when you get to the Play Store or the app store. Um, there's some photos of the app, a little description, and then the user decides, do I want to install and use this app or not? And so um, the very first test we ran was on those screenshots. And we started to realize quickly uh, what we needed to change to convey what we were. And by that, I mean, how do we define augmented reality in an image to a consumer that might not have heard of this before? Uh, and we started to learn through these user tests that 
users in India were more familiar with the term 3D versus AR. And so we started to change the language of how we described ourselves in market. Uh, we learned that users wanted to see characters coming out of the phone to show that this was an AR app. Whereas previously we were taking real screenshots in AR in app and, and using those. And, and we kept wondering, why are they telling us to do more in AR? Why are they telling us they can't see AR? We've taken a literal screenshot, but the screenshot wasn't enough. They wanted to see the characters coming out of the phone. And this is, of course, you know, it's a Photoshopped image, but it defined augmented reality in a way that was understandable and showed the, the experience in, in what they considered 3D. Um, and so we started to take this user feedback and put it into the images that we have on the Play Store and immediately saw an uptick in conversion rates for our install conversion. And that was the moment where we said, okay, now we need to user test everything. <laughs> and uh, we started to test uh, not only the screenshots, but the app, uh, Play Store description, the trailers that we have on, on the Play Store and the App Store. And we do this every three or four weeks. We obviously have different seasonal events and product features that we are launching every couple of weeks. And so we do update our Play Store quite frequently. And that has helped us uh, both with our install conversion and down funnel conversions on, on the key metrics in the app as well. Got it. Yeah. I mean, I think that that, that practice is, is so compelling and so interesting and, and likely part of the experience that many might overlook in terms of capturing you know, a new new users or, or getting people to download the app. You also have great ratings in your, uh, you know, I was looking at your apps in the App Store and the Google Play Store, and your your ratings are really high. And a lot of the comments are actually tied to the experience. So, yeah, I would be curious to see. I mean, part of it also makes me wonder, right, because your app listing sets the right expectations, people then are more satisfied because they're not surprised by anything or not confused by anything. But but generally, um, and I think we, we touched on this a little bit, but this role of experience and the, the role that it plays in bringing your app to market, I think, yeah, we've, we've talked a lot about how that's a big part of what you focus on when, when, when you're... Um, when you're bringing the app to market or, or, or making updates and releases. Yes, and setting that expectation and meeting it is, is really important. And uh, user testing has helped us do that. So there's no surprises once the user sees uh, the, the marketing images on the Play Store and then actually gets to experience the gameplay or the app engagement itself. Um, and so we try to user test the whole flow so that way we know what users are expecting at every step. It's an ongoing iterative process. So we never say we, we've done the user test and it's done. Uh, we are always testing. And I think we're, we're running several tests a week on all different parts of the flow and are, and are constantly changing and tweaking little pieces of the flow um, because user expectations change too in market. And that's something to recognize um, over time, now users know what AR is and they expect certain things uh, in an AR app. And so that has changed how we display and market ourselves on the Play Store and how we do our tutorials uh, in app when a user is in the moment where they're about to go into an AR experience. Um, so these are things that, you know, 12 months ago were very different and the market expectation, the market, the knowledge in market was different. Um, and we see that in user tests uh, as users are experiencing this more frequently in our app and, and of course in other apps in market, they have a more of an understanding and different expectations. Um, so that's why I think it's important to constantly user test and, and to reset where your product offering is uh, in the expectations and the mindset of a user. Yeah, it's it's fascinating, right? Because I think where where you 
where you play the market that you're in, you know, gaming and, and VR, AR sort of places, you know, that is at the very forefront of everything that's changing within the world of experience. And to your point, things that were happening 12 months ago might not exactly be happening today, or those expectations may have shifted. And so there is truly no other way to get, get ahead of it than actually staying super closely connected to, to those people um, that are in your market. When you think about, we talked a little bit about the app store listing and how you test that on a regular basis. Are there any other parts of the experience that you look at on an ongoing basis that are, you know, specifically tied to some of your goals around, you know, user growth, retention, engagement? Like what other parts are, are you looking at regularly? Yeah, that's a great question. We honestly we test all the features, but I think in terms of recurring tests, the first one that comes to mind is our sign-up flow. So Obviously, getting people to become account holders is such an important part of the process, but it is also so complicated because there are so many different types of signup methods. There are so many pathways and unhappy flows that people can fall into. And so uh, we've spent a lot of time making big and small UI UX changes to our signup flow. And uh, we do kind of continuously test that process just to make sure that it's still working. People don't have any questions or issues. Um, and similarly to the kind of there's just the general knowledge of VR Air, it's interesting that the ways in which people want to sign up also evolve over time. We've seen that more people now just want to provide a phone number versus use an email or, or use third-party signup. And so uh, as these trends change, we need to make sure that our designs reflect that as well. And then the second thing would be videos and games. So making sure that people understand how to make videos and how to play games. These are really the two big value propositions for our product. And so we want to make sure that the experiences we offer there, as soon as users enter the app, is really in line with what they expect. And games and videos are accessible both with and without an account. Um, so there's some differences to our preview mode experience versus when you're an account holder. And so we do frequently compare uh, those two sets of experiences as well. And there's been many, many changes over the last 12 months in both of those verticals as we try to adapt to what users expect from an app that's that's in this market at this intersection. Yeah, it's really interesting to hear uh, the different the different areas that you're focused on because you're right. Those things, even if you aren't making substantial changes, updates and um, you know regular sort of app updates even can can create undesirable experiences when you're not even making an intentional change. And so being able to pulse those on a regular basis, but knowing even you're introducing new ways of engaging, new ways of signing up. You know, I think it's um, certainly another critical element. And then for the videos and sort of the creation guides, are those, does that content live sort of in a support area or is that stuff sort of like integrated into the experience itself? That is a great question. So we actually used to have in-app tutorials about a year ago, uh, because, and we did a whole redesign because that's really what users wanted. Uh, yeah. But we're actually seeing a shift now in the last six weeks. So we'll be updating this again to actually incorporate more of an interactive quest-based system inside of the app. So instead of having tutorials where they have to read them and affirm by tapping a, a CTA button, uh, users can now instead just take actions inside the app and then actually earn coin rewards and then see the action that they took and were rewarded for via an in-app banner. And that's very interesting. It's it's very different from what we had with the in-app tutorials, but we've seen that users seem to prefer that as kind of a, a mode of education because it feels more natural. It's, it's more engaging. And so we don't today actually have 
those step-by-step guides anymore, but simply because users felt that they didn't really want those, which was surprising to us. We didn't expect that, but it's a great piece of feedback. Yeah. Did you learn that through user testing? Yes, we did. Yeah. I love that. Well, I mean, all of those tutorials, like, you know, if you think about it, that is the pattern. That's the standard. Anytime you need to introduce a new way to do something, the thing takes over your screen, right? And it's like, let me walk you through this thing. Even if you're not wondering about it, let me tell you about it anyway. And it sort of takes away from the experience. And I can imagine if you've got people who are engaged in a game experience, it becomes that much more disruptive. Um, so really cool that that you're able to kind of shift the approach that I'd love to to hear about how that goes. Yeah, we will definitely be heavily user testing that because it is a major change to sort of how the whole app experience is introduced. But as the app has become more and more interactive, we think that switching to a a more interactive tutorial uh, model will also help users kind of, as you say, not get interrupted, but still get to learn about what the app has to offer them. Well, this has been uh, amazing. I think we're going to shift over to the lightning questions now. These are, as I mentioned, a series of four questions that we ask every guest on the podcast. And so we'll just kind of jump into them now. So what's a book you've recently read that you'd recommend to listeners? One of the book genres that I've gotten very much into during the pandemic is marathon books, like running books. And uh, This is because as we've been working on this over the last several years, Uh, we're constantly reminded that running a startup is like running a marathon, not a sprint. And I've never run a marathon. (laughs) I'm not a runner, uh, but I was very curious. What is it like to run a marathon? Um, Why are people giving us this advice? So I started reading every marathon book that I could find. Um, And one that I would recommend is uh, Let Your Mind Run by Dina Castor. And although this book is not about running a business, it's about running 26.2 miles, um, there's a lot to learn from the resilience, the perseverance. Uh, And I think that uh, it's an interesting parallel to running a business and and fighting through the challenges. Uh, So it's uh, it's not a business book, but it's definitely, I think the marathon books have been helpful as as we think through how do we face difficult challenges. Um, Now that we're five years into this, I've also started reading ultra marathon books. And so on that front, uh, Dean Karnazes is a great author. He's written, I think, over three books uh, about running ultra marathons. And and as uh, the longer a startup goes, it starts to feel like an ultra marathon. But those books hold a lot of similar values uh, to what we uh, aspire to as we're running our business. I love that. I love the sort of comparison and and parallels there. After you've been reading the books, are you at all interested in actually running a marathon? I I am, but I think I'm a long, long way off from that. So maybe that's a a post-startup project. (laughs) Got it. All right. So how about a piece of advice that you'd give to someone who's trying to convince others to invest in customer feedback? Uh, Believe it or not, we have, I talk to many people who who are at this place uh, with their teams or within their companies. So so what advice would you give to someone who's at that, you know, having that discussion? I would say investing in customer feedback is investing in the future of your business. For us, it has made our business. If we had not uh, invested in user testing last year, I don't know if we would be in the same position of growth and success that we are 12 months later. Having the customer voice front and center, ensuring that every developer and designer, every team member has access to the customer voice on a daily basis is imperative. Uh, We're lucky that we're able to share these highlight reels. We're able to access actual users in India. um, And and that's made our business. It's uh, it's enabled us to grow. And I think another um, piece of feedback that I would share for startups is 
you don't know where your audience is going to come from and they may not be from the same city that you're in, from the same country that you're in. Uh, so being able to reach your customers and wherever they are geographically is really important and uh, being able to talk to them, get their feedback and user testing allows us to do that globally. So as we grow now beyond India too, we can reach a customer in a different country and get their perspective. So I would say if you're a startup thinking about, do I invest in this tool or not? Um, think about it as the future of your business uh, because access to the end consumer is uh, extremely important in order to succeed as a company. Awesome. I love it. Next question. What's a recent great experience that you've had lately and what made it so great? Yeah. So we are huge fans of this chocolate shop in New York called Stick With Me Sweets. And we discovered them actually during the pandemic and they have the most beautiful unboxing experience. So everything you order from there, it looks like a book. And when you open it, it's actually chocolates inside and it's a, a woman owned business. So we love supporting them and highly, highly recommend everybody order from them because they have just the, the most beautiful experience from the ordering process, which is so simple. And I've never had any questions or issues and their customer support is amazing all the way to when it arrives and you get that book. It's just, it fills you with joy. It's a very happy experience. I love it. I'm a sucker for a great on unboxing experience. I just pulled up their website. It's gorgeous also. <laughs> yeah, they are amazing. I Everyone should try their chocolates. All right, I'm putting it on my list. All right, and last question. When you think about the future of augmented reality, and in particular, I guess, you know, in, in the space where you're playing with it, which is within gaming and social media, what are you most excited about? I think for me, I'm very excited about seeing where the new creator economy really takes us. We're just at the beginning of Web3 and people owning digital assets and being able to sell them on the blockchain, redeem these inside of mobile games and play. And that space is so new, but it's very democratized and we see a lot of value in that. So I think we're very excited to see how that concept of digital token ownership intersects with AR gaming in particular. Yeah, absolutely. As I mentioned before, I think you guys are at a really interesting place in your business uh, and, and, and how it aligns with what's going on with the market. Um, so certainly so much uh, untapped potential where we sit today in 2022. All right, thank you well, so thank much for having us. Uh, we really so appreciate much. this conversation and, and are so grateful that we've had the opportunity to engage with user testing and uh, seen so much success with our business. We love yeah, using absolutely. your tool. Thank you for this opportunity. Sorry to interrupt. No, it's it's completely fine. I, I'm wanting to say thank you right over the top of you. Um, <laughs> this has been really awesome. I'm, I love just how you bring it all to life for listeners and the different case studies and what you've learned and how it's so important to your business. I think, you know, the best thing that, that we have um, are our passionate customers and you certainly fall into that that bucket. So thank you so much for, for joining us today. And um, yeah, we look forward to sharing this episode with our listeners. Thank you. Thanks, Janelle. Want to keep the conversation going? You can visit our podcast hub, usertesting.com slash podcast and check out past episodes. If you haven't already, don't forget to follow us on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Overcast, or Google Play so you can never miss a good episode. And if you enjoyed today's show, please share it with a friend or leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. 